No, I'm wondering about that members-only jacket. <laughs> Dump. Stop laughing. What a journey. Stop I was like, laughing. So curious. I'm so. <laughs> okay. Any anywho. <clears throat> Welcome to Screen Fix, the show where one of us was born in the '80s and one of us was not. <laughs> I don't know what's, what's happening right now. I don't now. know why that's weird and funny Are or you like delirious? why those stats even matter. <laughs> I've had the coffee with the whiskey floater and that is how this goes on screen fix. Oh, I am host JC. With me as always is the co-host that carries the show. Lady Wan, Lady Wan, say hi to everybody. Hello. And with us, oh my goodness. Well, also I I would like to add for the second week in a row Somebody from, <laughs> apparently this is the second home of Spoiler Piece Theater uh, <laughs> podcast. We did have Dave Riedel the Needle. He was fantastic. But <laughs> returning is someone that we had for Project Power. We felt mm-hmm. the power. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have her back for this project. <laughs> None of that works. Uh, we <laughs> We have here... Megan Kearns. Megan Kearns, welcome back to Screen Fix. You are a fan favorite. Oh, <laughs> Yay! Thanks so much for having me yes. back. I'm so glad to be here again. Oh my goodness. Your yes. fixes are going to set Twitter ablaze, I have no <laughs> doubt. But right off the bat, tell everybody a little bit about Spoiler Peace Theater, the podcast that you are on. Tell us a little bit about it right now. Sure. Um, we are, or I am part of Spoiler Peace Theater, where we are the podcast that doesn't care about spoilers. We just want to talk about the movies. So we are a weekly podcast. We talk about mostly new releases, and we do not let spoilers get in the way of good discussion mm-hmm. of film, and we just dive in to all of those spoilery parts. You do not yeah. trifle crybabies. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. If you're a real movie fan, you would have seen it opening night. Period. <laughs> I used to, remember opening nights? Remember that stuff? Aww. That was nice. Yeah. Actually, I saw the movie that we will be fixing today at an opening night event. It was the DC Ooh. Fandome oh. IMAX event. I went. I sat by myself. I was that guy. You risked death for this movie. I love. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did I risk death, but I was absolutely the guy sitting there alone, you know, somewhere around 40 years old, um, (laughs) alone uh, in a movie theater, seeing a movie about a female superhero. There's no shame in going to the movies by yourself. Let's just say I made more of a concerted effort to let everyone know that my hands were accounted for. (laughs) Did you just watch the movie with your hands on your head the whole time? (laughs) Hands on my head. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway just like keep them up <laughs> i was there i had my mask on i had my sanny uh seats were distanced i guess and uh yeah it was the whole dc event they had interviews with patty jenkins they had interviews with gal Godot.do, whatever you say pedro pascal was there Kristen wig was there looking like she was going through some domestic problem and really did not want to be there <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, Chris Pine was there as well. He made a borderline uh, R-rated joke. Uh, and then they asked a panel of uh, virtual guests who just sat there and gushed and gushed and gushed. And uh, all of them look like they probably work at CVS. So, like... Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, it was the DC fandom event. And yeah, so that happened. so strange. Anyway, yeah. Are you going to say what movie we're going to talk about? Because we haven't actually I'm yet. getting to it. <laughs> what else could we be talking about except the sequel to the female-led DC. Iconic superheroine? DC's iconic superheroine. This sequel taking place in the 80s, <laughs> near and dear to old farts. This is Wonder Woman 1984. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you dream of, you can have it. Look back, you saw a ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like not one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything. Well, people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. Barbara, what did you do? so keen on this one i figure uh, you are but you know what i'm ready to go i think we can do better parachute pants yeah um... does, it, does everybody parachute now all right wonder woman the dc character created by william moulton marston he was a psychologist <laughs> who was famous for inventing the polygraph machine hello lasso of truth also a massive feminist, uh, massive feminist. He uh, had a wife as well as a, they had a female domestic partner. He was polyamorous. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in fact, the uh, apparently the bracelets were uh, based on uh, the uh, this woman, um, uh, was it Elizabeth? It wasn't Elizabeth, was it? Who was it? I don't know the name of these. Of everyone, whatever. These are really old people. <laughs> basically, back in the day, there was a <laughs> basically based on the bracelets of this domestic partner. Actually, if you are curious about the story of Wonder Woman and this yes. psychologist and his polyamorous relationship and the origins of Wonder Woman, check out the movie <laughs> Dr. Marston and the Wonder Woman. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Sorry. Thank you no, very much. Okay. You come from a show that actually does research and is respected. 
Right. <laughs> Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Women. Professor Marston Wonder Women. Check it out if you're interested in this origin. We're not going to dive into it too much here on Screen Fix. <laughs> Moving right along. This movie is the sequel to the first Wonder Woman film, a film that mm -hmm. I think is almost universally beloved. It's amazing. Right? Yes. I believe it is a hilarious and wonderful example of like almost a, a fish out of water story uh, as well as has one of the greatest scenes I feel in any comic book film, which is the no man's land scene, which I think is now legendary at this point. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is not something you can cross. It's not possible. So what? So we do nothing? No, we do, we are doing something. We are. We just we can't save everyone in this war. This is not what we came here to do. But it's what I'm going to do. Absolutely amazing. The banter between Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, outstanding. And I feel like it comes from a place that's true to the heart. Have you ever seen the interview with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine where she's basically staring at him like she wants to eat him like a plate of sex? Oh, I, I have not seen this. Yes. I don't think I've seen this either. I've somehow missed it. If you were sitting next to Chris Pine, would you stare at him like he was a hot plate of sex that you just wanted to devour? Yeah. No. Wait, I find this fascinating. Wait a minute. We're going to need to dive into this. Whether or not Chris Pine is fine, according to the loins of our ladies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where is this going? Anyway, so this is the sequel, a uh, well-received sequel. Um, so this one, of course, Patty Jenkins is back. She was the director of the first one. Mm -hmm. This one also, a script by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, who is, of course, the DC guy, basically the DC version of Marvel's Kevin Feige. Also, uh, one of the writers on this was David Callahan, who wrote The Expendables. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true thing. <laughs> That's as bad as J.J. Abrams getting... The writer of Batman vs. Superman to script. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so this one, of course, there's the whole thing about it being released theatrically, which I saw it and risked my life over this trash heap. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, did I just get my opinion uh, right out of the gate? <laughs> and also released simultaneously, Christmas Day was a little gift we could all unwrap visually with our eyeballs. Mm -hmm. On HBO Max, how did you see it, guest Megan Kearns? I had a digital screener, so I saw it in advance um, in the comfort of my home. And then I, for the show today, I rewatched it on HBO Max. Everybody has screeners. We're not important, and Casey. We're never I don't know what the hell screeners. we're doing wrong. We have followers. What the hell's going on? Like, why, where's our screener? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Lady, yeah. why, what is, why do you think we don't have a screener? Is it because of your potty mouth? <laughs> it has to be. I can't think of another reason why. I am so sorry for my language. I figured. Yeah. I'll clean uh, it up. How did you see it, Lady One? I watched this movie on HBO Max Christmas night. Wow. Yes. Did you have a little eggnog, little spiked nog? Um, I had almond milk eggnog. <laughs> Ooh. It was delicious. No, it wasn't. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
It's not as good as the uh, Evan Williams stuff, but it's good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I saw it in IMAX, which is awesome, I guess. Breathtaking. Although all it does is make Gal Gadot's oh. her trying to stretch as an actress all the more apparent as a... That's something she probably can't do. <laughs> so mean. Is is that awful? It's, All right, so anyway. It's a little aggressive, but it's okay. It's your opinion. So this movie <laughs> was starring, of course, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman yet again. Do you think she makes a great Wonder Woman, Megan? I do. I actually, I, I know what you mean by, you know, she might ha- not have the widest range of an actor, but I find her quite charismatic, and I found her that way in the first Wonder Woman, and... I liked her in this one as well. Lady (laughs) one. Lady one. How about yourself? Gal Gadot. Is she the Wonder Woman for you? I think so. I, especially in the first one, she's so, she has this otherworldliness about her and mm-hmm. that's kind of my criticism and this one is she feels a little like world-worn a little, little sad and it kind of takes away a little bit of her just like magic that she naturally exudes she just seemed kind of bummed out yeah i mean in this one i feel like they were trying to confer that magic on chris pine they were like okay she was a fish out of water yeah. in the first one yeah. pine will be the fish out of water in this one and it makes for a funny scene of dress up but that's about it yeah what do you think yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Saw a couple of magazine pictures. They roll these up. I think we can do better. Look at all the pockets in this. The pockets here, their pockets all over the pant. American issue bag. Adjustable. <laughs> the fanny pack. I'm never here really for a makeover scene, but good God, yeah. I love how much he loves yeah. that fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, stars, of course, Chris Pine. Do we pine for Chris Pine? Because I feel like, Megan, you are not pining for Pine. What, what, like, why is that? Um, I mean, he's, he's very charming. But? <laughs> but he just doesn't do it for wow. me. <laughs> okay, hold on. In that case, I want to know an actor that really get your blood boiling oh my god what actor out there in hollywood makes you not want to sit by your grandma and watch a movie oh my god um i guess so if i had to pick two um i would say hugh jackman and tessa thompson what a lovely sandwich Mm. i want to be the mustard in that sandwich lady one chris pine does he do it for? Yeah, you? huge fan. He's uh, he's, he's he keeps Chris Evans on his toes in in my uh, Chris ranking. Oh, okay. It's, right, it's honestly, right, so. it's day to day. It depends on like what they're doing. Like who's who's really putting me over the top? What? Oh, oh, wait. I don't want to know what over the top means. Okay. Uh, let's move right along. We also have Kristen Wiig. She plays our villain Cheetah. Kristen Wiig. Was Kristen Wiig doing it for you, Megan? From Spoiler Peace Theater, outstanding podcast. Do not care about spoilers. Put put your big, big boy and big girl pants on and listen to this podcast. Rub some dirt in your cut. Walk it off. You know what I mean? Just be, be tough. Listen to this podcast. They're not screwing around. Megan Kearns and not. Co. All right. Chris and Wig, is she doing it for you? As a villain, yeah, I, I actually really liked her performance in this. And, and one of the things that I wish is that we'd gotten a bit more of her mm, as a villain. She was underserved bad, no. especially at yes. the end. Nope. Yes. Lady Wan, she kind of, oh. Kristen Wiig, yeah. 
did she get her claws into you? I thought she was very good in this. Super, super underused. And um, can can we just take a moment to acknowledge that like she's forty seven years old? And looking yeah. good. Good God, lady! <laughs> like she looks. Uh, she's a smoke show in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what she's doing, but I mean, she's doing a lot of right I'm, things. I'm closer in age to her than I am Gal Gadot. <sighs> There's a chance. Because that's how it works. I mean, that's how I convinced myself I was going to marry Justin Timberlake when I was in middle school. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. How'd that work out? Hey, anything is possible. <laughs> I've heard a lot of questionable stuff about his marriage. He might be single one day. Ooh. Okay. All right. So, yeah. And then uh, our other villain popping into this one, Pedro Pascal. This is the way. As Max Lord. Max Lord, a phony TV businessman. Was that what we were supposed to get out of that? He was Trumpish. Trumpish. Yeah. As 80s Trump guy. Yeah. He's basically swindling everybody. His his ideas do not work. He's a phony. He's fake. And his kid is like, Daddy, play with me. And he's like, No, I need to make money to make you happy, boy. You don't understand how the world works. And he's like, But daddy, I want to play Legos. He's like, Shut up. <laughs> He literally is just like, I'll buy you a pony. It's like, it literally happens. Yeah. No, a yeah. race car. I want some Legos. How about a Porsche? I can't drive. Figure it out. Yeah, so Pedro Pascal. Are we going to objectify him too? Uh, no. Okay, so I guess you're not into him. Wait, why? I just don't know who's out there salivating for Pedro Pascal. You don't? Have you not been on Twitter? Uh, Wait. Whoa. What do you Pascal mean? Is, I almost said Pedro Pascal. Hold on. I feel like people drool over Pascal as Mando, but I feel like they're not drooling over him as Max Lord, right? Yeah, that's true. I found a TikTok. Well, I'm not. I tweeted it. (laughs) (gasps) Nice. Because there's Pedro Pascal with facial hair and Pedro Pascal without facial hair, and they're two different people, much like myself. Like, (laughs) if I have facial hair, I look like an adult male, probably capable of, like, running a team project. If I shave my face, I look like a child that should be asking if you want extra sprinkles on your Sunday. That's it. With the beard, maybe somebody who can pleasure a woman. Without the beard, I've never even been within 10 feet of a woman's body. Without the facial hair, I've only ever looked at a science book about the woman's body. Without the facial hair, I'm still embarrassed to walk through the bra section at Walmart. With the facial hair, I'm grabbing stuff off the shelves with confidence and going yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm being like i don't even know who this is for yet wait are you giving bras at the end of like a date (laughs) (laughs) it's like your to-go bag it's like Like, that's how different i look and i feel that way about pedro pascal Sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping that they will fill the goodie bag. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wonder Woman, yeah. Wonder Bra, yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. 
So yeah, Wonder Woman 1984. That was the cast. They did announce, I will go ahead and say this, they did already announce a sequel. They already have a third one mapped out. And this one is going to take place in the modern day. But this one is going to come out a lot further in time than this one, even though this one came out how many years after the first one? Three years. Three. This one is going to take even more time because this story arc is going to take every Wonder Woman film, including her appearances with Justice League, Mm -hmm. and including a film apparently coming out about just the Amazons. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to take all these things into consideration. She's going to direct it. She says, unless her feelings change. So. But I'm sure Gal Gadot will be in this one again because what else is she doing, honestly? Uh, She's going to star in Cleopatra. Oh, yeah, that was the whole thing. I'm calling it now. (laughs) Flop. Are the Egyptians okay with an uh, Israeli playing Cleopatra? I don't think anyone's okay with her. Which actually, Cleopatra anyway would have been Greek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is Gal Gadot's argument that she was Macedonian Greek and that they looked for a Macedonian Greek actor and didn't find one. Uh, They tried to find one but there was no one in the whole that whole region of the world uh-huh. that they could find that could fulfill this role okay yeah sure because they don't want to admit that why would they make a, a huge movie with a nobody in it well they can't say that mm-hmm. but just wouldn't it kind of be refreshing if the studio was like yeah but you wouldn't see it if it wasn't who you knew like just say it y'all know <laughs> it's that slippery slope it's absolutely true though right yeah. like you don't want to green light a movie without a star uh-huh. that's just how it is just that's how it. uh john wayne ends up being genghis khan all right, so uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's just move right along. Let's find out how it was received by not just us, because we're going to talk about that. Why don't you give us, Lady One, the Fresh Hot Stats? This film is 63% fresh with an audience score of 72%. Um, mm. it, again, comparing the original three years ago was 93% certified fresh, an audience score of yeah. 84%. So not as good uh as far as the dceu is concerned it is just below aquaman which is 65 percent fresh wow and above man of steel which is 56 percent rotten oh yeah that's uh that's that's the rotten tomato situation here so also this one i do know that it started out certified fresh and they had to take the certified fresh away from it as it started dropping to to the 63 that it is now. And I actually looked up how often that has happened, and that's very rare that they... Decertify. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know exactly why that kind of shook out the way that it did, but what's interesting about this movie's release is that... So, obviously, it was supposed to come out in June of 2020, but then the plague Mm -hmm. happened. So, in March... They were like, oh, well, June's definitely not going to happen. So they pushed it to August. And then in June, Mm -hmm. they pushed it to October. And then later in the summer, they pushed it. Just they were like, forget it. It's Christmas Day. That's when it's coming out. Mm -hmm. And then they did the whole like dual theaters and HBO Max on the same day. However, that's only where HBO Max is available. If HBO Max was not available, it came out in theaters. And it came out in theaters like earlier. It came out like December 16th around the world. Yeah. Most places got to see it earlier. The DC fandom event was December 15th. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't have like a premiere moment. That seems like why it would make a little bit of sense that like the initial reviews wouldn't be sufficient because we didn't have like a date. But I, I don't know. I It's interesting how kind of the 
the difference between the initial reviews, the screeners, and then like the everybody else kind of has changed things. Right. It's weird. So there, I actually have a thought as to why it might also be, I think, contributing mm-hmm. to all of that. So there were actually two sets of screeners. So there was one round of screeners that was like three yeah. weeks ago or so, and those reviews came out. And then there was another round that came out about two weeks yeah. later at that where the, the reviews were posted right either right on Christmas Day or right before. I don't want to say it's unusual because it's not unusual, but it's not always the mm. most common. So yeah. the early reviews are always more positive yeah. because people are number one grateful for screeners because they're like, wow, this studio gave me a screener and they don't want to ruin their screener status. And then there's also before the pandemic reviewers that were invited to a premiere. They're all wrapped up in that premiere euphoria and they also don't want to give it a bad review because they want to go to more premieres. Always the early reviews skew high. Oh, no, of course. I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. I just mean it's a little unique for the pandemic releases. Mm. Because for the during the pandemic, the screeners tended this year to come out. Kind of everybody was getting them kind of all roughly the mm. same time. Mm-hmm. Not always, but kind of roughly. But yeah, this was a, a different situation. Pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> screwed with everything. Yeah. It did. Including my weight. <laughs> <laughs> well... This movie did come out in theaters here and mm-hmm. overseas. It made $16.7 million in the U.S. its first weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's made, because it came out earlier overseas, uh, another $68.7 million. So it's already up over $85 million at the global box office, which isn't bad for plague times. It's also mm-hmm. difficult to say how many people signed up for HBO Max so that they'd be able to watch this movie. I have a feeling it's a ton. So I bet mm-hmm. it is, but like they, they didn't ask when I logged on <laughs> why <laughs> they could have. Right. Um, and, yeah. and I think a lot of people did it for that. Plus, I'm going to get all these other things for the whole month. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if they start dropping more movies, mm-hmm. this suddenly becomes worth it. That was my justification for HBO Max. Yeah. Is that $15 is something I would have gladly dropped on all of these movies, but now I might get multiple movies as well as some series. Yeah, now I can watch uh, Love Life, which I'm obsessed with. And I'm going to get the new Game of Thrones thing when it comes out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I just use my boyfriend's account, so, but but yeah, same thing. All right, so, I had to pay for it. But anyway. I don't. uh, So here we go. Uh, Let's go ahead and keep on going here. So before we just start fixing the movie, I'm going to do a quick and dirty plot summary brought to us by Movie Pooper. Movie Pooper, where they wipe away the excess. And let me find the one pinch summary. Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman now lives in 1984, working in the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. After meeting shy Dr. Barbara Minerva, they come across the Dream Stone which grants the holder any wish, but at a personal cost. Barbara wishes to be as strong, beautiful, and confident as Diana, while Diana wishes to see her former love, Steve Trevor, which does not do much for Megan. (laughs) Meanwhile, aspiring oil baron Maxwell Lord wants the Dreamstone for more sinister purposes. Diana's wish is granted when Steve's spirit inhabits the body of another man. Barbara also achieves greater strength and agility while also taking on a more confident appearance. Max steals the Dreamstone from her and wishes to possess its power, allowing him to grant wishes to others. It gives him more power but also takes a toll on him physically, yet his company grows and he profits from it. Diana and Steve try to stop Max but learn that they have to stop him by having him and everyone else renounce their wishes, even if it 
means Diana loses Steve and Barbara loses her powers. Barbara joins Max and is granted superhuman abilities, turning her into the Cheetah. Max gains access to a satellite that allows him to broadcast a signal across the globe to grant wishes to everyone. After realizing her wish has been draining her of her powers, Diana must say goodbye to Steve for the last time and renounce her wish. Diana fights Cheetah and defeats her before getting to Max. She uses the lasso of truth to get everyone around the world affected by its powers to renounce their wish, and Max sees his son, Alistair, caught in the chaos he has caused. He renounces his wish and gives up his powers to reunite with Alistair. Diana continues to be on her own, but now has a stronger sense of hope for the future of mankind, and she continues to devote her life to protecting people. Aww. <laughs> Melodramatic saccharine shit. Okay. Uh, Yikes. Sorry. <clears throat> so, before we just start fixing a movie, a lot of people work on a movie, especially a movie like Wonder Woman 1984. Why don't we all say something that we liked? <laughs> Megan Kearns from Spoiler Piece Theater, the podcast where they do not care about spoilers. They don't care, everybody. It's in the name. So that means it it's time to rip the Band-Aid off, get a little dirt in the skirt, <laughs> and come and listen to this show if you're a real movie cinephile who's not a wimp, not a wussy. Everyone does not get a trophy. This is, this is so aggressive. <laughs> Megan Kearns, what is something you liked about Wonder Woman 1984? There were a couple of things I liked, and one of the things I really liked were the performances. I really liked Gal Gadot mm. in this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I find her a very charismatic figure. I find her really charismatic Wonder Woman. I really liked Kristen Wiig's performance. I think she was great as Barbara Minerva slash Cheetah. I wanted to see more of her. Yeah, those were, those were, that was probably the biggest thing I liked. I also, I'm going to steal one from my co-host <laughs> from my show who said this and watching this film a second time, I definitely agree Which with Which one, him. Needle or the other? <laughs> Needle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he said he really appreciated that this was a quieter ending, that what? it was the final confrontation was not an actual hmm. battle, but was a conversation. And I really did appreciate that watching it the second time around. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of different. I kind of, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And not necessarily the way it was executed, but I liked it conceptually. All right. I mean, that's not what I paid for IMAX for. But, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want to see fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And that cheetah fight sucked. It was like dark. This is the part where we're positive. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so the performances yeah. and the softer, quieter. You know what? The person who created Wonder Woman did say. <laughs> he did say that she would be a new kind of superhero. One who would triumph not with fists or firepower, but with love. And I. And I think I think reading an interview with Patty Jenkins in um, the New York Times, she kind of was trying to harness that. So, yeah. like I said, I don't know if the execution necessarily worked in that, but I applaud its effort. Yeah. All right, good stuff, Lady One. What is one thing you liked about Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four? Um, I feel like mouth from Goonies. Or what is? Is that all? Yeah. No. <laughs> I want the Venus skeleton. I want a ship cherry Fred. A bottle of Vittuccina, a 1981. <laughs> a 1981. So I liked a decent amount of things, despite how generally I was disappointed with the overall movie. But my favorite thing was uh, the mid-credit scene. <gasps> 
I got teary. I got goosebumps. I yes. knew, I knew it was going to be her. Cause like, I'm, I'm real proud of myself for recognizing Linda Carter's eyes in that one second. I'm like, oh, that was Linda Carter. <laughs> I was like, Oh my ah. God, she was in it. Mm-hmm. She was in it just now. And then, uh, the back of that hair, that's nobody else's hair. And I was mm-hmm. so excited. It was fan service, but in like the most perfect way, it still serves the overall mythology of the character. It was well executed. It was just uh, it was so happy and fucking wonderful it made me weep so the thing you liked about wonder woman 1984 was nothing in the runtime of 1980 wonder woman 1984 so i did say that i liked a lot of things about it and then i prefaced that this was my favorite part it is the best part that feeling in that mid-credit scene is like generally the feeling i got from watching the first wonder woman movie is just like that like excitement and happy and like just big goofy smile and it seeing that then i was like oh man i did not have enough of this feeling throughout the movie no there's no no man's land scene and like mm. Even some of the scenes where it felt like they were trying to manufacture that, Mm -hmm. like when they did the fireworks, the 4th of July fireworks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, it's 4th of July? Then why was everybody at work a second ago? Why why was the museum open? (laughs) Why was it open? It's not supposed to be open and nobody's supposed to be at work at the museum. It's Washington, D.C. You're not telling me like stuff was shut down? Yes. Everyone should be off that day. No. Nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. It's randomly the 4th of July? Come on. And she forgot. And like they had to like manufacture the invisible jet moment. She's like, I did this once to a coffee cup. I'm like, what? That's how you're going to do the invisible jet? What the what the hell is going on? Yeah, but it, but it gave us, well, shit, Diana. So it was worth it because it's the best line. Yeah. And then, of course, they had to manufacture her flying. We're going to get it. Like, What is something that like you liked ha- about this movie, JC? The thing I hate about it is also the thing that I like about it, even though it failed. Okay. Okay. Just like Aquaman, they just fucking went for it and did everything. Do I like when a movie does that? Yes. They went balls to the wall. She's flying with lightning lasso. Craziness. Great. Go for it. Did it necessarily work in this case? No, because they didn't set up any of it. But do I like that they actually just effing went for it? Yes. Okay. Congratulations (laughs) on your outline. Anyway, what do you say we go ahead and we fix this movie? What do you guys say? Yeah, I think so. Well, shit, Diana. Guest Megan Kearns from Spoiler Peace Theater, one of the best movie podcasts there is in all of the movie podosphere. This is the show you need to subscribe to. It's true. Because of Megan and Needle and whoever the third scrub <laughs> guy is. I've never heard of him. But, tho- but those two are leaders in the, in the movie podcasting world of potting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Megan, well, what, you. Is your first, what is your first... <laughs> what is your first fix for Wonder Woman 1984? <laughs> So my first fix, and there, there's a lot I think that needs to be done yeah. with this film yeah. to fix it. But my first fix and my biggest fix um, that ties in for me a lot of the, nice. a lot of issues, a lot of problems is don't resurrect Steve Trevor. Ooh, 
Ooh, I like it. Don't I do like it. it. Yeah, you know what's funny? I thought about that fix totally. Save him for the third one or something. Like, like why bring him back the next movie? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought about this and I thought about it a lot. And I was like, if you want Chris Pine in the film that badly, because he is very, very charming. He's great with Gal Gadot. But he does nothing for you. (laughs) Let that go, JC. (laughs) I know that really bothers you (laughs) or perplexes you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you want him, if you really want him that badly in there. You can have him through flashbacks and not that flashbacks are, you know, original that, you know, they can be very cliched, but when they're executed well, it, it you know, it works. Mm-hmm. And if you really wanted to explore Diana's, you know, grief and her loss, the fact that she's been grieving for like 50 years oh, and, you know, which is a long time. But at the same time, I thought about it and I'm like, well, she is immortal and she's never really dealt with loss before through through mortality. Yeah. So I was like, you know, and all her friends died. So yeah. I was like, OK. But at the same time, I was like, really, for 50 years, she didn't make one friend. Like, really? Like, she's just hiding mm-hmm. out and going to dinners by herself. Like, that's that's, that's weird. Yeah. And it's. It's just really, really strange. Gonna, and the other, I, I'm sorry, going to <laughs> no, dinners okay. by yourself. Well, I just said. pictured, what well, I just pictured Diana Prince in like Olive Garden, like just sitting there, and she's like soup salad and breadsticks, and they're like, oh, for you, it's a, just for me, please. It literally happens in the movie. She has right. dinner. On her, <laughs> yeah. She's like, anyone coming? And she's like, no, just one. And he takes the other stuff. All her plates. All it's all. It's terrible. It is. It's it. so ridiculous. It's so she ridiculous. I'm like cook. shaming her for being, eating and dining <laughs> yes. alone. It's crazy. Yes. But um, the and I think this would do a couple of things if you remove him coming back. I think it circumvents the really creepy, weird fact that he's taking over someone else's body. Oh. And they never mention that. Like when she wants him to stay, she never mentions that the fact that Steve comes back is at the expense of someone else's you know body and life, and it violates consent yeah. in a lot of weird ways. <laughs> but it oh, also, wow. which you know they don't even talk about. <laughs> but then the other thing too is that. The second film really focuses on their romantic relationship. And if you take that away, it focuses more on herself. And I think what was so great in the first film is that she does fall in love. She, you know, has so much growth and independence and really finds her way as, you know, a hero. And I want to see more of that growth and development. I don't want to see a regression of that. And I don't really want to see my favorite, most iconic female superhero moping around Mm-hmm. You know, pining after a guy. Yeah. It's just, pining after pine. It it's true. So, yes. It was so frustrating. And I'm like, this is not the feminist hero I want. No. And not, again, not that she can't be grieving. You mm-hmm. can do that. You can explore that, but not in the way that it was done here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> like immediately, that's that makes the movie better. And also, so what, what I thought about when I watched it was that in that moment where she's saying goodbye to him and she's like, I'm going to renounce my wish and it's going to be so sad. I was not like sad at all. I was like, I've already seen this dude die. I don't care that she's never going to see him again. Cause do I fucking believe you? <laughs> not really. Well, it, it also is weird because we get this really tender goodbye moment in the first yeah. one, right. you know, and it's so sweet and it's so emotionally resonant. And then it's like, oh, well, OK, now he's back like five minutes later. Yeah. Like, it's just it's weird. It, it I, I actually work. read somewhere that imagine when he goes away and the guy comes back in his body. He's in the middle of a chaotic street. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the hell's going on? <laughs> 
I know that poor guy. I, I have so many questions. Traumatized. traumatized forever. Yes. I just want to know where he got that amazing scarf. <laughs> that actor, by the way, his name is Christopher Polaha. Yeah, he's like one of the Hallmark movie guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Which makes him like the perfect person to like possess with a real actor. <laughs> Terrible. Well, shit, Diana. <laughs> Lady One, what is your first fix for Wonder Woman 1984? My first fix for this movie is with Cheetah. So I understand why we have two villains in this movie because. Diana doesn't physically fight Max at any point, and we're not going to make a superhero movie that doesn't have our hero in some sort of physical confrontation. Ooh, Needle would disagree. <laughs> I don't. I don't think He's that's deaf. exactly what he said. I listened to their episode. <laughs> I also understand that probably the studio was like, "Well, this is our." female superhero movie we need female villain let's do this so i understand Mm -hmm. going well who's wonder woman's best female villain oh cheetah she's super important yes let's do cheetah except for she's super important so why are we just fucking wasting cheetah so here's what Mm -hmm. i think my fix for this is for the transition of barbara minerva to cheetah to actually not happen until the third movie and Barbara can be Barbara this whole movie and she can be Diana's friend who is helping her through she's her colleague she knows about this stuff she should be helping her with this whole wishing stone stuff she clearly is like super into Diana whether or not it's like very platonic or not is up to interpretation but we could we could get single white female-ish with Barbara's relationship with Diana she could be really really liking her and really really wanting to help her and then at some point in this movie she figures out her secret identity and now we're not super trusting barbara because barbara doesn't say like i know you're wonder woman she just figures this out maybe through her expertise at the smithsonian maybe she's creeping in diana's apartment and sees all her photos of like living in the 40s just she's not even hiding the fact that (laughs) she's immortal if you go to her apartment it's pretty clear so i think it would be (laughs) exciting if barbara was barbara this whole movie and she's diana's friend Mm. diana's finally got a connection to this world again and this works with with your fix megan if we're not wasting our time Mm -hmm. on this steve bullshit she can be forming Mm -hmm. a friendship and a relationship and then the turn for barbara becoming cheetah pays off in the next wonder woman movie and there's like a stinger in this one of that no sure yeah like an end credit Mm -hmm. stinger like so the middle one stays the linda carter one but then the second one is like teasing a little bit of cheetah yeah we could we could get a tease and it it would just make both barbara as a character in this movie an actual full-fledged character and cheetah in the third movie so much more interesting because she will have this fall instead of it being like her friend she had dinner with from work once and now turned into a cat it will be someone who was like her best friend (laughs) 
You had dinner once and you turned into a cat. I mean, that's what happened. That's the shorthand of their wow. relationship. So that's amazing. it would make the impact of Barbara becoming Cheetah, becoming this evil villain, this weird creature, it would be so much more impactful and also more impactful for Diana to lose a close friend to evil in the next movie. Like, mm. oh, that'd be so much more exciting. And instead, we we get like a half-assed caricature of a socially awkward person on Kristen Wiig's part. Which is her normal character, too. Like that kind of like mumbly ends every sentence in an awkward whisper character. And I, I think she's doing fine with what she's supposed to be portraying, but we don't have time for her to be awkward for long enough before she's just straight up hot like the next day. Like, she yeah. just pulls her sweater down into being a dress, and now she's hot. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and, uh, and yeah. also, of course, she had to take her fucking glasses off because, of course. She's like, apparently reading all these books has cured my my eyesight. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, 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 Yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah. It's just. Meanwhile, no one's like, that's weird. <laughs> no, no like, like, that's not how uh, vision works. Yes, that's not how vision works. No, it's. Meanwhile, the most awkward girl in the office is now leaping onto chairs in her high heels. First of all, the most agile girl in the office probably shouldn't be able to leap onto a chair in high heels, right? I mean, I've never done it. Megan? <laughs> I don't wear high heels because I think they're torture devices. So. <laughs> that's right. Well, shit, Diana. JC. Yes. Uh, sorry, I'm eating chicken pot pie. <laughs> I mean, the spanks come off, the pie comes out. Just get comfy, man. Get comfy. Yes. Continue. Can you give us a fix for Wonder Woman 1984? Of course I can, but there's a caveat here. So, Ooh, Is this like a monkey's paw situation? I'm going to give you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you something, but I'm also going to take something away. And what I'm going to take away is any harmony and flow to the show. Great. So here we go. <clears throat> Great. I had a hard time with any of this monkey paw part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like it. It yeah. felt Saturday morning cartoony to me. So if I was watching the Wonder Woman cartoon on TV and this was the plot, I'd be like, okay, they're doing some kind of parable or something for the kids. Yes. Wonderful. This is a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, story uh-huh. it's not what I wanted out of my Wonder Woman movie and I just rolled my eyes so many times I was not engaged in this every every review mentions monkey paw because that's what this is the monkey paw you get a wish but only but the kind. wish has consequences yeah. monkey paw monkey paw monkey paw every review monkey paw, blah, 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 blah. so anyway let's take out this monkey paw thing I'm going to fix two things in this. Okay. First of all, I'm going to make this story not have Max Lord at all. Man, we have just stripped the three characters who are not Wonder Woman in our fixes. Boom, boom, boom. We've taken (laughs) everyone out. No Steve, no Cheetah, no Max. Now, in this case, (laughs) I'm keeping Cheetah. Okay. But I need a reason for Cheetah to exist. Okay, what's that? And I'm going to give that reason. I don't know how much this is going to make sense, but here we go. So Cheetah is uh, like an antiquities archaeologist type of person, just like Diana, right? Mm-hmm. And a cryptozoologist. They, they both work and at I- the museum and they deal with artifacts and, and whatnot. Old shit. Yes. They become friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, of course, in the movie, Cheetah becomes Cheetah because of the stupid wishing dream stone mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that. There is a story. In fact, this particular iteration of Cheetah becomes Cheetah from an African plant god. Hey. 
Okay. I'm going to bring that in. And this is how I'm going to bring that in. Okay. She becomes friends with Diana of of course. They're getting closer, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like uh, Lady One said, they're going to be friends and all this kind of stuff. But in this movie, she is jealous of Diana. She wants to be Diana. When she learns about who Diana is, she also studies antiquities. And Diana cannot hide everything that she has mm. and knows from her. Yeah. This is her intellectual equal yes. about oh. things from the past. This makes sense. Yes. And when she does learn about who Diana is... She wants to be like Diana. She wants powers imbued from the gods. Mm -hmm. And she demands that Diana take her to Themyscira. <gasps> but what? Road trip. <laughs> it becomes a road trip comedy. <laughs> and they eat at different diners and get into hijinks. Uh, okay. uh, but Diana refuses, right? When Diana refuses, uh, Cheetah is like, well, I'm going to smear your name in the public eye. Oh, I'm going to no. tell everyone who oh. you are. Oh, God. She's going to blow up her spot. But Diana tells her, don't do that. I can't tell you because I left, which means I can never return. Oh. Those are the rules of Themyscira. Okay. And that's actually comics accurate. Mm -hmm. The location has been wiped from her memory. So what, what happens here is Barbara ends up afraid of Diana. After this incident, Barbara decides she's going to go on location. She's going to take a trip. She's gonna, she doesn't want to be in the, in the museum anymore with Diana. Mm -hmm. They've had a confrontation, and she goes off to Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Now, while she's in Africa, Diana is experiencing life in the 80s Cold War era, okay. and she becomes disenchanted with the state of the world and mankind in general. Mm -hmm. Nukes pointed at each other, arms. Armed Soviets boycotting the 1984 Olympics, Reagan calling Russia the evil empire. Humans are who she has chosen over her given Amazon people. Did she do the right thing? Mm. And she wishes to return to Themyscira. Now, while oh. Cheetah is in Africa, she learns about the plant god. There aren't just Greek gods. There are other gods too, older gods, gods in Africa that have powers as well. So she goes through the ritual of this plant god because she's so jealous of Diana and wants the power of Diana. Mm -hmm. Uh, the plant god Urs Cartaga and the tribal priest named Chuma. She does take on the mantle of Cheetah, but one of those side effects is she looks like a cheetah. All right. So Cheetah being imbued with powers from some god, she knows where Themyscira is, like because she has godly powers now. She's got godly knowledge. Okay. She starts a path of destruction in a certain direction. Diana is now playing detective and begins following her. They meet Ooh. in Europe in some city, Paris, Barcelona, somewhere, and they have an epic fight in which Diana loses to Cheetah. <gasps> Ooh. But even in Lost, <laughs> Diana figures out where she's going, and she's like, I need to get there first. I've figured out where she's going. When she gets there, she is confronted with the fact that her mother is imprisoned. What? And this is taken from an acclaimed comics run by female writer Gail Simmons. Oh, yeah. Who also wrote Bird of Prey. Mm -hmm. So Diana's birth was forbidden. Amazons are not supposed to have children. But Hippolyta did not want to listen to that. She wanted a child of her own. And she made Diana out of clay. Mm -hmm. And she was imbued with powers of the gods. Some of the other Amazons, after Diana was gone, found this to be a betrayal 
of the Amazon code of what Amazons hold near. They do not have kids. Mm -hmm. So now she must deal with that revelation that she is a an outsider in her own island. Mm -hmm. She's an outsider in this world of man and cheetah is on the way. So I have restored Cheetah's origin story to being more comic based. So what I've done is restore <laughs> Hold on. So so I want to restore Cheetah's origin story to be more comics based and I want to also tie in one of Diana's most acclaimed comic book runs as her ultimate conflict mm -hmm. in this story. And that's what I've done by adding this element. And I will continue to this element Ooh. in my next Ooh. fix. Where I'm going to throw in Stevie Trevor. Oh, shit. Oh. That's a little tease. Li little tease. So don't stop listening now. That little Stevie Trevor. <laughs> but I think when there's so much good in the comics, mm -hmm. why you don't mind the best stories, yeah. the most critically acclaimed stories for your movies. Yeah. Why not? What Great you doing, and, Jeff? And that's just what I'm trying trying to do. So anyway. No, no, I like it. The origin for her makes way more sense. It's ugh, it just the idea that she would wish to be a big cat is so strange. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean like that part where she goes, I wish to be an apex predator. It's like what? what? Like, like for what? For why though? Cause it just it's so that that's where her becoming a weird cat is monkey's paw, but it's not because this movie doesn't commit to monkey's paw. Cause that would be it's like oh I want to be strong and powerful and agile is like oh cool, but now you're a cat and that's the downside to it. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the movie does. It like presents the monkey's paw idea like oh I wish for Steve to come back. He's back, but he's in some other guy's body, so he's not really there and nobody else can see him. Oh also you're losing your powers. That's not monkey's paw. They're not related. <laughs> like. It's it, so this makes way more sense. It throws Dude, out the nonsense. Monkey's paw stuff makes no sense. So also on that monkey paw point. So Steve Trevor is brought back and he's a hot guy and he's brought back into the body of a hot guy. What kind of monkey paw shit is that? <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. He needs to be brought back in the body of a very unattractive dude with a micro penis. That's monkey paw shit right there. And IBS. Now we're monkey paw. <laughs> See how fast she jumps into bed after that. Well, shit, Diana. Megan. Yes. From Spoiler Peace Theater, the place where movie dreams go to blossom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not to die. You, I said blossom. Okay. Oh, okay. Why don't you give us... <laughs> Your second fix. So I had a very hard time with coming up with a second fix. Ooh. And not because there's not a lot wrong with this film. Because good God, there is. Mm -hmm. There's so much wrong with this film. But all of it really revolves around yes. the writing. Oh, yeah. So on that front, one of the things that really bothered me, and, and JC, if we're taking your, your fix, this would kind of go out the window. It wouldn't be necessary. But one of my things that bothered me tremendously yes. is that nothing is explained well in the not film at all. at all. The Dreamstone is not explained. It no. doesn't make any sense. Maxwell's powers yeah. becoming the Dreamstone don't really make sense. Like one minute he can only grant one person one wish, but then he can do it at will. His his eyeballs are bleeding, but then he's okay. <laughs> I I don't understand any of this. Right. It doesn't it doesn't make any any sense. And it also but my fix would revolve around the Dreamstone itself. Either get rid of it altogether or explain it much much better because what bothered me tremendously 
one of the biggest things that was so frustrating for me is that Max Lord, who is just some Ponzi scheme guy, knows all about the Dreamstone yeah. and has somehow been searching Why? for it for years. But but uh-huh. Diana, who is an archaeologist and anthropologist at the anything. freaking Smithsonian, right, and she's an immortal being, she doesn't know anything about it. Barbara, who is a gemologist at the Smithsonian, also doesn't know anything about it. They've never (laughs) heard of it. That's hilarious. But like TV businessman evangelist (laughs) knows everything. Pro scam artist. Right. I know about this. Right. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's not even like we get a scene where he's stumbling upon it or he, some someone told him a story no. about, like, nothing. So my fix would be either remove it altogether, which mm. I'm totally fine with, or explain that shit and explain it much, yeah. much better. And don't undermine your two intelligent <gasps> female characters. This is, and I, I keep saying it, but it's so true. She's an iconic female superhero. This is, you know, she's a feminist hero. This, These are yeah. arguably hopefully feminist films and that is you're reducing your women to being just kind of sidelined and it does not make any sense it's crazy that they wouldn't know about it i absolutely love this fix you are absolutely right about all of this (laughs) like the fact the most intelligent people in this movie that work at a museum and this is their whole line of work don't know about this Mm -hmm. but shady trump man does yeah wait don't don't forget (laughs) Also, so does shady guy who they look up and go see because they need to go find another man to help provide extra explanation of where this thing is from. Oh, my. The fuck. God. (laughs) Yeah. Some rando next to the garage or whatever. (laughs) They couldn't possibly go to the archives at the Smithsonian where they work to find this information. They have to go to a sketchy ass dude. It's terrible. That that is (laughs) bullshit. The thing is, they should know what it is he should overhear it somehow and steal it that's the only mm-hmm. way yes. he should know about what the hell it is but instead they yeah. choose to do that crap yeah this is ridiculous megan yeah. this was- is what makes spoiler piece theater <laughs> the best <laughs> podcast about movies on the internet the world wide web yeah. <laughs> wow thank you that is quite it is takes like that. <laughs> so that is amazing. That is excellent. Like the fact that uh-huh. uh, you're so right. The, like uh, you know, it's funny. As a man, I didn't even think about that. I was like, okay, yeah, dudes know shit. <laughs> like, but like, <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> I'm totally. You're just taking it for granted. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I can. It, it it would take me the rest of my life to count the women that are smarter than me in my life. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Trust me. All right. <laughs> well, shit, Diana. Lady one, yes. what is your second fix for Wonder Woman 1984? So I'm I'm gonna say it's maybe not the greatest idea, but as long as it makes it better, I think it does. And I got the idea from the movie because I was grasping at straws for what this movie thought the rules were in the world. Yep. And at one mm. point, when Max is just like wigging out trying to like make his kid happy, he says like, "Tell me what you want," and he says, "I just want him to be great like you." And I was like, "Oh shit, he's gonna get the power. He's gonna get the." The power of the wishing stone and he, he doesn't nothing nothing happens when he says that he says I, I wish to be great like you and nothing happened there's no wind blowing we don't get our because that's our visual signal that a wish has been granted is a, a breeze um <laughs> 
but he says that. And I thought in that moment, the power of the wishing stone was going to be transferred from Max into this little kid. And so first of all, Max is going to wig out because he's lost his power and he's going to get all crazy and squirrely and it's going to like throw a wrench into all of his plans, which this is, is good too. constantly being able to grant Shit. these wishes. But also what happens now that the kid has this power? Like what? Oh. Where he wishes he... for the whole world to be water slides. I mean, crazy shit could happen. So that's why I'm saying like, I don't know that it makes it better because I don't know that that's a great idea that we get give a kid the power to like hold somebody's hand and whatever they wish for they get. But like, I thought, I thought the movie was doing something that it just failed to deliver on its own dialogue. And I was like, yeah. No, we're doing this because I have a show where I fix movies. I'm doing it. That should have been a twist that happens there is all of a sudden Max has lost the power. Now the kid has it. And now what does he do? And I don't know, like, I don't truly know where we go from there as far as like, does he get it back from him? Does he start like making his kid go talk to weird people? Who knows what happens? But like, why on earth would you have the kid hold his dad's hand and say, I wish to be great like you if you're not going going to do anything with it ridiculous oh, yeah great question you put in the script expendables guy you have this idea let's do it like we could go in some crazy directions from there so my fix is the fault of this movie is you made him say it so like okay have him be great like him okay give him that power both of your guys fixes have been so good yeah you guys are wonder women <gasps> oh. <laughs> i hate my penis <laughs> I mean, balls are ugly anyway. Just go ahead. This episode is going to be so long. Don't uh, cut anything. <laughs> well, shit, Diana. JC. Hold on, chicken pot pie. Yeah, you, you eat while, while I queue you up. We've had some great fixes this episode. And you have set us up for your second fix through your first fix. Pay it off. Mm -hmm. Give us your second fix for Wonder Woman 1984. All right. So I'm going to be Sophia from Golden Girls. Picture it. Picture it. Sicily, 1922. The 1984. <laughs> so, like I said before, the is not the place she thought. Humankind is in the Cold War. She hates it. She's an mm. outcast. Where does she belong? But remember, this is a person who has the blessing of the gods. Yes. The gods provide the answer. Oh. Somewhat. Trevor is brought back to life by Aphrodite which is also <gasps> comics accurate. Oh. Trevor shows up. He's confused as hell. Mm -hmm. They, of course, have their amazing funny time. And Diana is reminded of how good the world can be with love, even though it's flawed. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The demigods, including her mother, Hippolyta of Themyscira, they should be treated no differently. All Earth creatures are flawed mm -hmm. and all she wanted was love just like what she is feeling with Steve mm. but she wanted it with a child they travel to Themyscira to save her mother but now when she arrives because she left all of them are imprisoned under the rule of Cheetah oh, shit. who's gathering up all the artifacts Whoa. of the island but then she with the help of Steve free the Amazons including her mother and now there is a battle there's a battle between Cheetah and the Amazon loyalists who believe that Hippolyta did wrong and then her mother and the others and Trevor at the head of the Hippolyta loyalists and then of course Diana's side wins when she wins Steve leaves telling her she never needed him anyway oh. she just needed to remember the feeling of him oh. they put Hippolyta back on the throne and when they put her back on the throne they will now allow Amazonians to have children male and female oh that's all I okay <laughs> 
so so it's a baby boom there there is a baby boom there and that's i mean that's basically yeah. the way that i changed the whole movie yeah because i didn't like the monkey paw story yeah. so i i mean this is kind of nutty and i don't know why i spent so much time doing this <laughs> and i feel like with all of these comic book movies usually the comics give you everything you need mm -hmm. and it's when you try to cram the greatest hits of comics into your movie is when you fail. Yeah. Oh, I, I like this. I also like the idea of Aphrodite being what brings Steve back. Because I think what I find most interesting about this whole, like, the theology that this plays into is that there's all these different gods and they're, like, not all on the same page. And I've all, just personally, I've always been mm -hmm. interested by, like, the, a pantheon of gods where there's, like, gods who have beef with right. each other. And this is fascinating to me. So the idea that, like, never mind that we don't really get an explanation of, like, what god made this dream stone and why he made, like, some weird fine print in whatever wish you get. Like, we never get into that. She's just like, it's one of the bad gods. And then we don't. <laughs> we just go, okay. And we move on. But I like the idea yeah. that, like, again, like, we're going to the origins of this character. We're playing in this world. And Aphrodite is the reason why this would happen. Not just a wish. It's love. It makes sense to tie it to that god. And the celestial interference yeah. of the, the gods in this world is is a cool thing that Wonder Woman can do that other properties can't do. And I, I think it yes. would be a nice touch to, to go yes. back to that the way they had Ares in the first one. Yeah, it better. It <laughs> anyway, without further ado, I think we should consider Wonder Woman 1984 Screen Fix. Ah, uh, yeah. So, Megan, <laughs> do you have a final thought for Wonder Woman? Yes. Go ahead. Oh boy, <laughs> a lot to yeah, <laughs> to distill yeah. into one thought. Um, I went into this with very high hopes because I yeah, loved the first one so much, and this one I found sadly very yeah. very disappointing. And mm -hmm. there are good things here, and I think yes. I'm hopeful for the third one, and I hope there are lessons right. learned. <laughs> Maybe somebody listens to this show <laughs> and incorporates Ooh, those. Maybe don't ideas. hire the Expendables guy back. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Don't sideline your your main hero. No, exactly. <laughs> Let the, that's that's how it felt. She was just like a mopey thing, and then yeah, she's like, oh yeah, Hallmark guy, all all have sex with you. <laughs> I don't know. That's like the whole movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was probably yeah. easier yeah, to wrong. give Steve Trevor up because he looked like Hallmark guy. <laughs> Such a burn on Hallmark guy. Lady Wan, yes. do you have a final thought? <laughs> my final thought is about Hallmark Guy. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Oh. Okay. So my final thought is actually, it's just another fix, but I feel so strongly about this oh, one. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. So I first of all, I got to say, I don't like the last scene of the movie, which is clearly like an add-on and reshoots to be like, it's Christmas, because this whole movie takes place in July, and then just all of a sudden, it's Christmas at the market. <laughs> and uh, what, what? Why? Because then when she's flying after that scene, it's clearly summer again. Like... I, it's just I, I didn't like that I also feel like it kind of like makes that mid credit scene a little bit less magical because we were just there with Diana and now we're back there with Asteria like it kind of eh, don't like that last scene so instead I don't want Diana to run into Hallmark guy in the market I want an end credit scene all the way after the end of the credits where that poor dude wakes up in his apartment and his answering machine is full and his girlfriend has broken up with him because he didn't show up to their 4th of July party and his <laughs> boss has fired him because he hasn't gone to work for days 
and his girlfriend spotted him out with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's leaving his a message. Life is she's ruined. broken up with him. He's like, there's multiple messages. The boss like, hey, man, like you were supposed to come in today. I don't know what's going on with you. We've sent people to your apartment. You're not home. I don't know what's going on. And he's lost his job. He's also like low key bruised and battered because he's been through some shit. He doesn't remember any of it. He's been out of body for days. Lost his job, lost his girlfriend. And his apartment is a wreck and he's out of Pop-Tarts. And he's like, what? the fuck happened to me he's like wait a minute what out of all of this why the fuck are my pop tarts gone <laughs> they're all gone yeah that is really the important i, I just think it Where would be such a silly scene <laughs> to address the weirdness of what happened to this man thank you the fact that no one addresses it or even like takes one moment yeah, to acknowledge it's it, so it's strange and i think if they did a so weird, weird goofy scene like that where that guy's life was like in shambles I, we would forgive it because we'd be like well at least they know that his life is in shambles because of what happened yep we'd let it go he is like the guy that was damaged the most from this <laughs> he really oh was yeah all right <laughs> jc one final thought on wonder woman 1984 what you got yeah so on twitter a couple of people brought this up is that the fact that she's an israeli actress and there's a scene where she saves four kids playing soccer uh-huh. Have you guys read about this? I, I mean, I... And in 2017, there was the Israeli bombing on Palestine that killed four mm-hmm. kids playing soccer and how offensive it might be to see an Israeli actress saving four kids playing soccer. Mm. And and also, in that moment, they, like, fire off a missile and, like, she grabs the... They with the lasso and missile and she grabs goes. the missile. It's Where does just it go? a little too... Where does the missile go? The thing is, is, like, what I don't understand is if you know that that is something that might be out there and might be sensitive, mm. mm-hmm. there's a million ways to rewrite that scene. Yeah. Why do you include that? Yeah. In general, I do did think it was weird that we just hopped over to Cairo to address this whole oil thing real quick, messed around in some Middle Eastern politics that we don't have the time yep. or depth to get into, and then hopped back yep. to D.C. real quick. Like, why did we need to leave D.C. at all? No. Why didn't he go like, talk bizarre. to some weird Texan caricature about drilling for oil? That's Make fun of people from Texas. They're fair game. It's fine. Like, Especially <laughs> when Gal Gadot's <laughs> casting has already caused some mm-hmm. issues. Right. Why would you continue right. to rip that Band-Aid off? That's a very bizarre thing to me. I'm actually really, really glad that you mentioned that because – and there's – there are so many actual problems, not only with that, but in other issues regarding race mm-hmm. and people of color too, like the casting of an Indian American man as a Mayan descendant in a Rastafarian mm-hmm. wig, Ugh. and which someone pointed that out on Twitter as well. The fact that this was another thing that was pointed out about talking about Iran and and you know Russia and that. Yep. Ugh, like that there's so many issues with with raising these really complicated issues yeah. and vilifying yeah. arab nations and you know middle eastern nations and yeah so there's there's so many complicated things and you're right and absolutely with the casting of gal gadot is so controversial for many people yeah there there's it is really weird it's almost like who cares we can do whatever we want we're bigger than you all yeah yeah and it's so strange to even go there because it's the 80s and it's about oil like why aren't we just going to dallas and just talking to those like why aren't we making fun of that like it's right there (laughs) it's stepping into territory that is only like you're only gonna fuck it up yes so just don't like Mm -hmm. nothing good at all comes out of going there yeah why did you choose yeah. to go there? And and I also did have a, a concern when they were going there on her invisible jet that like that is still a 10 hour flight. So uh, 
Like, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> they just got there. Is, uh, like, timeline of movies never makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's my final thought. Lady One, why don't you send us home? Okay. You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at screenfixpod, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Screenfix Podcast. You can send us a message on Facebook like our listener Siobhan did. She had some thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984, and I'm going to share them right now because she messaged us. She said, I have to say I was disappointed by Wonder Woman 1984. Some of the dialogue Mm. was super corny, although said in the 80s. Mm. Why did they pick Kristen Wiig for Barbara's character who had horrible fashion as the movie went on? How the villain can go from having to touch people physically in order for their wishes to be granted to being able to touch them metaphorically? What? With several exclamation points and question marks. Ridiculous. The satellite. Correct, Siobhan. Correct. (laughs) Yes, I agree with everything that Siobhan (laughs) said. Great. Metaphors all of a sudden work for wishes now. A satellite. I can reach out via satellite. So you're saying I could touch people? (laughs) I know. What the hell was that? Oh my gosh. So So bad. So, but there's so much of this movie that's just so bad and like um (laughs) by the way we also have a patreon account if you want to give us money i don't know why you would but if you want to give us any money you can instead give your money to spoiler theater they are the quality uh, pod in this whole thing give it to megan uh, she'll put it to better use. Uh, anyway, we, we bought a robot with ours. <laughs> we bought a robot with ours. Yeah, we're making great Ooh, financial decisions. <laughs> that's some pretty good news. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm All right, so we're gonna send everybody home with this. Another thing this movie didn't do, which is ridiculous, <laughs> is use '80s music enough. Yeah. So I'm gonna yes. send everybody this. This is a thank you, Lady One, for finding yep. this. This is the top 100 number one singles of 1984. I just sent it to everybody. Which one of these songs really should have oh, been in this movie? There's some great songs. I'm pulling it up now. My hands are <laughs> slow. Oh, 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 excuse me. I know. That's a, oh. This is the Classics reason why I'm having here. How are these songs what? not in here? Footloose! Come on! <laughs> so we're each going to pick one of the top 100. Megan. Which one of these songs should have been in this movie? Go ahead. Girls just want to have fun. Absolutely. There should have been a scene with Diana and Deborah. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara and Barbara. <laughs> with girls just want to have fun, right? So you can mm-hmm. go watch on TikTok, like Gal and Chrissy being best friends. They look like they had the most fun shooting this movie. None of their fun friendship is in this movie. You, They're literally singing a song about Gal and Chrissy being best friends. And it doesn't. Ridiculous. It's not in this movie. It is on their TikTok. I know. I'm angry now. I feel surprised. Lady Juan, which one of the top 100 should be in this movie? More Cyndi Lauper. Time after time. That is Diana and Steve. That could be their their song. They're both people from a different time. Time Time after after time time would be Steve and Diana's wedding song if they could get married. Oh. It was right (laughs) there. It's right there. Right there. Wow. I know. JC, do you do you have one? Because 1984 totally. is packed full of perfect songs. So what do you got? Mm-hmm. Definitely Madonna's "Like a Virgin." <laughs> like nice. for that scene. <laughs> 
before the scene where she makes love to Hallmark guy. Is it so? Is it wrong that I genuinely during that part in the movie was like, wait, did she bang Stephen the first movie and I didn't realize it, or has she no. never technically had sex with Steve Trevor? The first time she ever has sex with Steve He's Trevor in is in the body of Hallmark body. guy. <laughs> sex in the first one i, I was pretty I sure there was Did no they? like there's no scene where they wake <laughs> up after no man's it. land i thought so i i thought I it was pretty heavily um, I hope so. all right otherwise there's case, no reason to be okay. like mourning him for so long fine in that case <laughs> when steve trevor shows up we need hello by lionel richie hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes yes Perfect. Oh my God, of course. All right. Anyway, Megan, please tell everybody again where they can find Spoiler Peace Theater, the best podcast about movies on the entire internet. Tell them, please, with the best uh, uh, co-host ever, Megan Kearns. So intelligent. Such good takes. Please tell everyone. My goodness. Thank you. I'm going to not be able to get through the door. My head's so big after all this. Thank you. You can find Spoiler Peace at SpoilerPeace.com. We are everywhere. You can listen to podcasts and you can also follow us on social media at Spoiler Peace on Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, Instagram, all the good places. And they spell theater the fancy way. That's how you know they're classy. <laughs> awesome. Yes. We do. And if you like us, rate, we review, and subscribe. Yeah. Prescribe us. <laughs> Prescribe us to your friends. And tune in next time when we will fix another movie. I don't know if there's a big blockbuster coming out, so maybe we might continue our Razzies Break series, that robot perhaps. out again. Fix we might break out the robot we wasted money on. Oh. Who knows? But you'll find out. Yes. If you're subscribed, <laughs> you'll get it. Okay? Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. We all say something that we liked about Wonder. Do you see my hair? I do. I do. It's How is anyone <laughs> taking me seriously at all right You're now? You're assuming we are. <laughs> <laughs>